You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. I'm Father Greg Sackowitz, the rector of Holyham Cathedral. Our phone number, 312-255-8408. You can also get us on youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. And co-host, Mark Teresi, executive director of the cathedral. How are you, Mark, this morning? Very good. You know, yesterday, uh, remember a couple of shows back, we had the principal and kindergarten teacher from St. Ferdinand's, and they were doing that benefit for the two families at St. Bart's. I received our little bracelets for our grandkids yesterday. So I just want to remind people, if if they want to support those two families at St. Bart's who had the fire, St. Ferdinand's is still doing that. So I was thrilled to receive bracelets and the money received from the bracelets goes to the two families. Yeah, what a wonderful thing they're doing over there. So. It is. And it's also it's amazing how uh, we've come now to the end of March. A week from Sunday is you know, Passion Sunday, Palm right. Sunday, and Holy Week. And tomorrow is the first day of April. It's like it has just flown by. Yes. The time is just flying and uh, never a dull moment. You know, and people are getting excited. More folks about coming back to church. We, we've drawn bigger, bigger crowds at cathedral the last couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. better weather, a Lenten season, nice combination. And I mean, COVID is far from over. But the key is if you, if you get a vaccination shot. I mean, if you get the COVID nineteen, it's a um, much more mild. I mean, I don't want it at all. Neither do you or anybody. But um, people are becoming more confident. But in fact, the exact opposite is the whole situation with the Ukraine with the uh, conflict with Russia, which is a focus of our program for the first half. So mm-hmm. over the last month, the world has watched in shock and horror as Vladimir Putin has used the military machine of Russia to wage a brutal campaign against the neighboring country of Ukraine. On March 25th, 2022, just this past week, Pope Francis consecrated Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary along with Ukraine and all of humanity, with both countries explicitly mentioned Amid the Russo-Ukrainian War, join us and talk about this consecration. The director of the Office for the Divine Worship, Todd Williamson. Good morning, Todd. How are you? Good morning, Todd. Hey, hey Father Greg. Hi, Mark. How are you? It's good to be you with you. Every time I see you, Todd, you're smiling. <laughs> you always got this smile on your face, and you're always moving about. When I see you it's a lot cathedral. of coffee. That's why. <laughs> yeah, same with me. Here's uh, here's here's mine right here. My coffee, I have to have it. And yours too, God bless. And it, uh, Well, the whole situation, Todd, with the Ukrainian conflict, I think it began like about February 24th when Russia invaded Ukraine, has been beyond horrific. We've watched 
hospitals get blown up, orphanages get yeah. blown up, women and children just killed uh, indiscreetly. It just there's no, it and even even some of the Russian soldiers are saying, "I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up to uh, no. to kill women and children." And um, so then maybe explain to us the whole thing with Pope Francis. How did it even come about? You know, the whole thing that happened on March 25th, but uh, what's the origin of that, Todd? Well, what what Pope Francis did on March 25th, as you said, um, he made a formal act of consecration of humanity, the whole world, and especially Ukraine and Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Um, but interesting, Father Greg and Mark, what he did um, isn't new. Uh, the world, and in fact, Russia, has been consecrated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary numerous times in our history. Was the last um, time 1917 with Fatima? Well, that's where it began. Okay. Uh, in the apparitions of Fatima, uh, the uh, uh, the Blessed Virgin is to have asked that um, Russia uh, be consecrated. Uh, the to 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 her immaculate heart and and after that there were various acts of consecration to the immaculate heart of mary by the pope um very specifically though pius XII in 1942 consecrated the whole world to the immaculate heart of mary um and uh, on july 7th in 1952 he consecrated the people of russia to the immaculate heart of mary um pope paul the sixth renewed that consecration in 1964. And even as recently as 1981, uh, Pope Paul VI, now St. Paul, the, uh, I'm sorry, uh, St. Paul, the, uh, John Paul II, um, he composed what was called an act of entrustment of yep. uh, the world to Mary. So I remember, then I, my memory is accurate, I remember in grammar school, we would always tag the prayer for the conversion of Russia. And I'm I remember sure that, that was part of that dedication. Yep, yep, exactly. And it's and it's the idea that the church, um, in, and, I, and I like that term that um, St. John Paul II used, an act of entrustment, that the, the church, through the Pope, entrusts the people of Ukraine and Russia to Mary's intercession, to Mary's Immaculate Heart, to Mary's um, oversight and care, um, if you will. An interesting dynamic to, to dedicate to Mary both countries, because we, I think, I forget, there are wonderful people in Russia that don't want this war, and they're, yes. suff they're suffering through it. I think, the, I think the big fear is, for those who are protesting among the Russian community, those arrested are probably being sent to Siberia and never seen again. I mean, there's no trial. There's just not a fine and go back home. They're arrested, and I'm assuming they're never, they'll be never seen again. So you're really risking your life to be on the streets protesting. Unless one million Russians hit the streets, which is an overwhelming number, um, you're off to you know Siberia in, in a prison labor camp. Now, can, can the Pope intervene like one-on-one -on -one with Putin? Would he ever take that kind of a step? 
Or has there historically ever has that ever occurred? I have to admit, I'm unaware of uh, a pope directly intervening with a head of state. Mm -hmm. I know that during the uh, Second World War, uh, there were outreaches, uh, uh, diplomatic outreaches from the Vatican. But I don't know that a pope has ever, in a state of war, Mm -hmm. um, directly intervened with the head of state. Part of me says, Um, why would Putin want to agree agree to even see the pope? He could say, thank you, but no thank you. I don't want to see you. He can't force him to see him. And uh, that's a great question. And Because uh, he, know, he knows what he we, would I mean, say. We've, we, we've seen with horror on television cities blown up, mm-hmm. lives lost, people in the street dead, thousands of civilians, soldiers on both sides. And, I mean, as I've said before, war is hell. War is hell, and nobody wins. So I think... What the Pope Francis is trying to do is trying to, it's consciousness raising, but to consecrate the world, all humanity, Ukraine, Russia, to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Let me ask you this, Todd. Why to the Immaculate Heart of Mary? Well, that that was one of the specific requests um, in in the Fatima apparition. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and... And the the immaculate heart is the heart that can that can receive the whole world, right? I mean, the the, the heart of Mary, the the mother of the church, our mother, um, is is always open to her children, and 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 her children are are the world. And I think that's what Pope Francis did by, in a sense, placing this terrible situation within the context of faith, within the context of prayer, within the context of uh, a a, a formal entrustment of the world to her care and intercession. Now, along those lines, Todd, we witnessed together last Friday the noon mass at Holyman Cathedral led by uh, Cardinal Blaise Supich. Tell our viewers and listeners what you experienced and what that was all about last Friday, the noon mass. So the Pope asked the bishops around the world to unite themselves to this act of consecration, which he did uh, in in Rome, of course, on the 25th, uh, the Solemnity of the Annunciation. And our ordinary, our bishop, our archbishop, Cardinal Supich, did that at Holy Name Cathedral in a mass Various bishops did it in various various ways around the world. Uh, Here in the Archdiocese of Chicago, it was in the context of a mass. It was also in the presence of um, 40 other bishops who were in Chicago at the time, not for this specific act, but they were uh, in Chicago for a conference, including the papal nuncio, Archbishop Christophe. And um, in this mass, after the general intercessions, it was Archbishop Christoph, the papal nuncio, who went and knelt before the statue of the Immaculate Conception there at Holy Name Cathedral and prayed the very prayer that Pope Francis prayed in Rome. Now, was it also um, at about the same time? Uh, no. No, it, it was, uh, as, as far as I know, it was not uh, the same time. That would have been at 6 o'clock or so 
on uh, Friday evening mm-hmm. um, to coincide with phone. Got gotcha. you. Um, yeah, yeah. And and uh, Father Greg, I don't. I'm sure you remember that prayer. It was a lengthy prayer, rather very lengthy, composed. But look look at even some of the the texts from that prayer. Therefore, Mother of God and our Mother, to your immaculate heart, we solemnly entrust and consecrate ourselves, the Church, and all humanity, especially Russia and Ukraine. Even that that phrase that the Francis used, we solemnly entrust and consecrate ourselves. It's, you know, through your intercession, may God's mercy be poured out on the earth and the gentle rhythm of peace return to mark our days. Yeah, that prayer was beautifully, beautifully written. It was, it was rather lengthy yeah. to me. It almost summarized all of uh, Mariology. And yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think, don't you think that um, it resonated with so many people because they know Mary as mother, but they also know her as someone who suffered, who suffered through an unjust, an injustice, the the main injustice you could suffer, the death of your child unjustly. Uh, I think that's yeah. part of it. But what, Todd, what about what's next in terms of parishes? How do we live out this moment and continue to keep it in people's minds? Oh my goodness! I think I think we do it certainly to keep, uh, as the Pope has called for, as uh, Archbishop, or as Cardinal Supich has called for, as so many pastors in our archdiocese has called for, we to keep in mind and to keep in the forefront the needs of the people of Ukraine who are suffering from this war, uh, to turn the hearts of of Russia and her leaders. Um, that can be done and and i think is done all over the archdiocese through the intercessions at mass um there are special um masses that can be celebrated uh when the day allows um when the liturgical day allows uh a mass in times of war and civil disturbance um we did a show uh specifically on those masses and those prayer texts and they are beautiful asking that God unite the human family and establish peace among all people. So, Mark, in answer to your question, celebrating those masses periodically, uh, the, uh, a, a mass for the persecution of Christians, a mass for the dignity of people. Um, it, all, I think, I think our, our church and our liturgy and our prayers give us the means to literally storm heaven that God establish peace in the world. And along those lines, Todd, you know, we were all present last Friday for that noon Mass. I found it to be very powerful, very beautiful, very prayerful, and I was really touched not only by the large turnout of bishops from all over the country at a meeting with Cardinal Supich, but a tremendous number in the pew from the faith community and beyond. Also, there was a great number watching live stream or praying with. And as Mark said earlier, I remember when I was a boy, I always saw the Blessed Virgin Mary as being very passive, very holy. As you get older, you come to realize, yes, Mary, Mother of God, incredibly holy. But she was a profoundly strong woman, like you say, Mark, who watched her son die. And Mary, truly the Mother of God, and trusting to the very end. 
just trusting her life over to God. And so I tell people that's where we draw from Mary that sense of trust and surrender in our own lives. And to consecrate Ukraine, Russia, all humanity, uh, that is so very important both in prayer and in word. And maybe when we went to the Holy Land, we were at Cana, and the priest that had the homily said, Mary's gift in that miracle was that she crossed the line. She, she went, you know, men celebrated separately from women. At, uh, she crossed the line. She went to Jesus um, and because there was a need, and there's a need here, and we go to her now. Now, Listen, that's all of that uh, is, is without doubt, right? I mean, she knew the pain, the physical pain of losing uh, her son. She, but also don't forget, Mary herself lived her whole life in an occupied country. Oh, so, yeah. So, I mean, she knew what oppression was. Mm-hmm. She knew what violence was. Uh, the Romans were, were um, in, in many ways, Cruel. very similar yeah. to, yes, very similar to what we are watching around the world today. That's a, so great, she that's a great insight, that a great point. insight. That's a great insight. In fact, also, as we watch what's happening on TV, we read in the paper, you know, all of us feel so helpless, like we wish we could be doing more. So you send aid, but I've said this to Mark and others, our world is just hanging by a thread for World War III. We're hanging by a thread. And the thought of World War III, mm. and you hear then of talk of nuclear attack and nuclear war. Um, a, 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 scientist said to me, a scientist said to me a few years ago, the hydrogen bomb makes the atomic bomb look like throwing a hand grenade. And that is oh scary. I mean, that is scary to th- even think about that, even to think yeah. about going that direction. Uh, we need to bring this to a close. And uh, you know, Todd Williamson, the director of the Office for Divine Worship, Todd, it, it's always a joy and honor to have you on the program. It's always great to see you in person at Holy Name Cathedral. Mm-hmm. Now, you've been the director for how many years now of um, Divine Worship? 22. How many? 22. 22. Wow. Incredible. Well, God bless you for maybe another 22. (laughs) 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 God, God bless you. You're a great friend. And thanks for all you're doing. So I want to thank Todd Williamson for joining us here on the first part of the program here on Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. You also catch us on youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sakowitz, Mark Teresi, We'll be back in a few minutes, and again, do not touch that dial. 